Back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is on the block here on a Tuesday as we uh, get ready here in spring game week. So we'll have some spring game coverage coming up for you. Well, we've been talking about a lot of NCAA basketball. Of course, last night, Kansas brought home the title back to Lawrence for the first time since 2008. Their fourth overall by beating North Carolina, another blue blood, 72 to 69. So it's a fascinating game. Um, and there's still, you know, a lot left. Uh, you know, the season's over, but there's a lot left to talk about for college basketball, so we'll do that throughout the show as well. I wanted to start with uh, just uh, the fact that Adam Howard, uh, who was announced yesterday as Nebraska's new coach, coming over, new assistant coach for what it's worth, uh, coming over from South Alabama. He's kind of a defensive specialist. He's also got um, connections and ties with players, and, and he'll be an on-court coach and all that stuff, so a little bit different than his predecessor in this position, I suppose, and Matt Abdelmasi. Um, and then he was he was introduced to the press today, and uh, I don't know how much come come out of it that was uh, too um, crazy. But I, I, one thing, one quote that did stick out to me was that he wanted to instill the fact that defense travels on this team. Not in you know off the text line, somebody's making jokes that you can't travel on defense. Well, <laughs> it's it's not the travel of the call on the court, um, but the fact that that you can play defense night in and night out, and if you consistently play it, it's not like. Um, jump shooting, where if you're a good jump shooter, that's good, but you know there's going to be certain nights where you shoot four of sixteen. It's not going to help the team. You're going to shoot your team out of the building. If you if you play defensive, you know good defense night in and night out, that can continue on um, from game to game. So you know that's why a lot of a lot of coaches will lean to that side of the ball, um, and then maybe even allow their players a little bit more flexibility with the, with what they're going to do offensively as long as defensively um, they have the same effort and the same effectiveness night in and night out. Strick, you've been on a lot of teams, and, and you're uh, quite a defensive guy yourself. Um, have you been on teams where there wasn't necessarily a – uh, culture, I suppose, of defense, and then uh, a new coach came in and tried to transition that? I would say... I would say the Boston team was the one where we had an offensive culture. Obviously, I think Patino wanted to try to establish that, but he tried to do it from a college mentality. You can't... You can't you can't do it from a, a college mentality in the NBA. You just can't. You can't press the whole game in an <laughs> in a, in a NBA game. It's just 82 games. It's just yeah. it's too much. It's too much work. It's too much back-to-backs trying to do that. You just, you just can't do it. You can mix it in and throw it in and throw some wrinkles, but he was trying to do it that way. It frustrated the players. It had them mad. That's why he drafted young. He he really made his stock in the draft, trying to get young players so that he could try to implement that plan. But he had some he had some some retainage in that Jim O'Brien re- remained and took over. So when I got there, he just understood what was needed and necessary, and so he changed the culture that was defensive minded from a college standpoint and made it NBA and made us become very good and adept at it we were we were a team that year that was programmed uh, that was let me see it was it was predicted that we would be in the east like last or second to last 
And a lot of guys, we took that to heart. We put a chip on our shoulder. And that's what we all said is that we're going to have a culture to where we know we can score, but we're going to lock you down. And I was so happy to get with the team to include an Antoine Walker, to include a Paul Pierce, who are just, you know, guys that really like to get it done offensively. And but I was also teamed up with guys like Walter McCarty, who was who was, you know, a heartbeat of that with uh, the Kentucky teams. Then had a Kedrick Brown, who was also getting after it like that. But my ace was Eric Williams. Like we were really hard nosed, gritty, grimy type defenders. And then and Tony Batiste, who would just cover cover Vitaly Potapinko. You know, we didn't have size, but we had we get after you defensively. So we ended up having the second best record in the East that year and obviously went to the conference finals and came up short against New Jersey. That's where I would say that was something that was established. Um, in, 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 in Nebraska, it was, you're going to defend, you're going to defend until you're tired. You're going to get in passing lanes. You're going to be aggressive. We're going to blitz you. We're going to uh, test you in all facets in every way we were, we were going to get after you defensively. So, when it's embedded in that culture, we realize that if we're if we're getting a lot of possessions, and that's what people don't understand too, is defense creates more possessions for you if you're sound in your principles of boxing out and rebounding and securing the ball. If you're not, then it's it's ineffective because you can play the best defense you can for 25, 30 seconds, get the miss that you want, but then normally what happens, Bach, we saw it all year, is is that second rebound kicks out for an open jumper and then ends up being a three. You got the stop, but you didn't secure the bag. So yeah. Do you think that, that, that it, it will take some time for Adam Howard to instill this on Nebraska or the fact that, you know, the rosters kind of transition so often, um, you know, you're going to have four or five new guys, maybe more anyway, um, that it might be able to, you know, they're not going to know the old system from the new one. But I guess the, the bigger idea here is um, he, he does run a lot of pressure zone defense, half court, full court. Um, and, uh, and, he, and it's not it's not like he's. You know, Syracuse, where he's just going to play the one-three-one the whole game. He, he'll throw man-to-man out there as well. Um, but do you think that this this new identity? And, and I believe this is, in my opinion, I think that they they targeted this specifically to give it more of a an opportunity in the Big Ten. I think that they are similar to what Scott Frost went through. Had an idea of what was going to work in the Big Ten. Gave it a trial run. It hasn't worked out at all. So now they're going to a different plan. Um, do you think you can pair this with Fred Hoiberg's kind of more offensive style approach? A lot of shots. Um, you know, do you think they'll keep that around and then emphasize defense, or do you think that it will be hard um, to do that and they might have to kind of change their direction on offense? I mean, we've seen teams that if you're aggressive and you're 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 handsy, um, you're liking to get deflections. We saw we've seen success with that with Syracuse. Syracuse is one of the ones that had that style of defense for quite a long time. You also saw it work uh, very well back in the 90s, late 80s with UNLV. Mm-hmm. UNLV had what they called an amoeba, an amoeba. It was a matchup man zone type of defense. Uh, we had it at that. We, we actually took a portion of that amoeba defense and had it at Nebraska. And it worked good for us when we did use it. Um because we were willing, our guards were willing to get in there and bang it out and get rebounds. So you have to have that. Uh, somebody is willing to put their, uh, you know, their their life on the line against big guys, so to speak. So um, 
Yeah, I think it can work, but you've got to be extremely aggressive and you've got to have a five-man mentality, rebounding mentality. It's not going to work if you if you do it any other way. So that's going to be a, a key piece to the success of it if they're going to try to do that. Well, that'll be fascinating to see for Nebraska. I think it's at least um, a, a good idea to, to give a, a, something new a try um, because obviously the, the the system that they've run so far has not been able to win uh, too many ball games here in Lincoln. So we'll see how that turns around. I uh, did want to get to this too before we go to break. USA Today wrote a nice article about the remaining schools out there that still have not crossed the finish line, still have not won a title in college basketball. Uh, and uh, kind of want to go through your thoughts on who you think probably has the best chance to do it uh, right up there would at the top would be Gonzaga now five-time number one seed two-time runner-up in the past five seasons I think they would certainly be a team we've talked about before that has that opportunity I'll just run through them real quick Houston uh, we've mentioned them too uh, gonna head off to the Big 12 pretty soon uh, the last two seasons have been six in- appearances and three with Olajuwon oh yeah <sighs> they used to be pretty darn good Oh, my gosh. Couple, couple title games. But even lately now, uh, under Kelvin Sampson, a Final Four and an Elite Eight in the last couple of years, and with a chance to move to the Big 12, you mentioned, I mean, they could really be a big factor in the Big 12 in years to come. So yeah. um, I think that's uh, one to keep your eye on. Illinois, four-time number one seed, two Final Fours, um, and obviously really good shot at the last two years, didn't even make the Sweet 16. Oklahoma, will they'll be out off to the SEC. Uh, they're a five-time number one seed as well. That ties Gonzaga for the most without a title, five times in the Final Four. Purdue has 44 tournament wins. That's the most amongst teams without a title. Um, and so that, that's one to keep your eye on in the Big Ten. Notre Dame has a record. 37 tournament appearances without a title. Texas right behind him with 36. And Texas, it's always crazy. It took years for any team in Texas to win until Baylor did it last year. Um, But Texas, with all that they have at their disposal, all the talent that they should have there, uh, to not have won a title is one of the craziest facts, I think, still in sports. And a surprising one. How about this? Kansas State is one of six programs that can boast 12 Elite Eight appearances but they haven't crossed uh, over and won a title yet either, even though their in-state rival Kansas just did it again. Yeah, I, I think that that's 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 quite intriguing, especially when you look at Kansas State. But you got to go back and you got to understand back in the day, day, day. Yeah, that's <laughs> they, a lot of they, old they, time they Kansas State tough. days. Yeah. yeah, so so they were they they had some really tough. They had a really tough go at it. The one I think that's most surprising for me is Texas. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think you can look at them both basketball and football. It's 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 a dynamic where, yeah, they've had a few breakthroughs, but you would think that they would have had a little bit more of a run at it. Um, that's that's intriguing. Um, Notre Dame doesn't really throw me too much for a loop. I mean, you got to go back some almost ten years for them to really have had uh, some perennial success. I thought this was Purdue's best opportunity. Uh, in a while, yeah. but uh, you know, to have as many wins that they they it's crazy that Purdue, in some form or fashion, when they get into the NCAA tournament, they just seem to win. Uh, it, it, but they just can't seem to get the big one, and that's a you know I already know what you think about that. You you you're just not betting on anything coaching out of Purdue. Yeah, I don't I don't done. think Matt Painter is going to win one. I just don't. <laughs> I've, I've lost and too many so, bets on that one. Yeah, you know Illinois. Uh, I don't. I don't foresee them anytime soon. I, I, you know, I don't know. Champagne is. It's tough. You, you can recruit okay out of there. There's just so many good, good schools that just surround that. That, um, that makes that you know pretty much tough for them. I really think it's going to be Gonzaga and Houston that may have 
probably the most uh, the closest opportunity coming up. I think um, you know Samson does a great job in recruiting. I think he does a great job in finding what they what I would call you know, diamonds in the rough or just rare gems, just people that you wouldn't expect to to be, but they just get it done. And and the way that they do it is what we were just talking about defensively. They that's how they they get after you. They say we're just going to make our mark defensively. We're going to score just enough to beat you, but we're going to shut you down enough to make sure that we win more games than we lose. Yeah, it's kind of crazy on that list. I'd agree with you. Um, throw out the Power Five schools that we think of in football and include Gonzaga and Houston. I said Houston will go to the Big 12. They might win one before they get to the Big 12 because that's not until 2025. And again, they've been in the Elite Eight, the Final Four, the last couple of years. And Kelvin Sampson has to be regarded as one of the best uh, head coaches in college basketball right now. So uh, maybe surprising that out of all that group, uh, I agree with you. And we both go outside of the traditional powers uh, to get to Gonzaga and Houston. Um, but like you said, I mean, Texas. It's crazy, um, just because in, in, in they're a blue blood in football. But it's but it, it's it, you can say that and also say I don't think they've achieved enough for what they probably should have done. And yeah. that's the way it is in football. That's the way it is in basketball. You know, they've had it's been years since they've really had the uh, you know the TJ Fords and the Kevin Durant's now as, as of late. So I mean, they, they, they you would think that they would be one of the target destinations for anybody, but it just hasn't yeah. been that case uh, for several years. We'll see if Chris Beard can change that. I think that certainly with what he did at Texas Tech, you would think his powers at Texas uh, could could might be able to. To get him over the hump. Uh, we got to take a quick break here once again on uh, 93.7 The Ticket. And uh, let's uh, go into the shootout with Strick portion of the show. Your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Give us a call right now. 402-464-5685. First one in line will have a chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That's next here on Shootout with Strick on the block. <laughs> 